Hello and welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us. Today you're hearing part four of our Kingdom Culture series as Pastor Harrison talks about the importance and impact of community. I have a couple of scriptures that we're going to read today, but I'm going to just start in Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, this is going to kind of guide us for a little bit. But if you love the Bible, we're going to be all over it today. Come on, somebody. Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised it is faithful. That's a great verse right there. We hold on to our faith because the one who promised it is faithful. Not because our circumstances always make sense. Not because life always looks like I want it to look. Because he who promised it is faithful. And let us then consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging each other all the more as the day is approaching. I want to call this message this morning, the silver bullet, the silver bullet, the silver bullet. Come on, let's clap our hands today. You guys can take a seat. You can find a seat. How's everyone doing today? Come on. So glad you could be here. Uh, If you are new or visiting, my name is Harrison. And man, we're just so excited you could be here today. Super special day. We're uh, finishing up a series here at church called Kingdom Culture. And uh, for the last three weeks and altogether four weeks, we've been just going through a series talking about our DNA as a church. This is who we are. Can you make some noise if anyone has heard any part of this series? So listen, if you call Kingdom Church home, my appeal is simply this. If you have missed any part of this series, you got to go back and watch it. This is who we are. This is our DNA. This is where we are striving and who we are striving to be. And so uh, if you've seen all three parts and you forget any of them, guess what? You can also watch it again uh, because we've gone through three things, our three core values as a church, generosity, accessibility, and excellence. We want to be generous. We want to be accessible. And in everything that we want, that we do, we want to be excellent. And what we said excellence is pretty simply giving Jesus our best. And so that's who we are as a church. And if you're kind of wondering or on the fence about, like, is this my church? Do I want to make this my church? I just say go back and watch those messages because it's kind of our DNA. And uh, the reason we're preaching this is because we're moving forward into an exciting season. So exciting announcement uh, today for those of us in this space. uh, We are entering into our final month here at Victory Life Church. Uh, So we're going to be in this building for four more weeks and uh, so listen, there's um, not necessarily plans set in stone. So what that means is you got to get on our email list so you can find out all that is happening. So if you're not on our list, fill out a connect card because we want you to be up to date on all that's happening over the next number of weeks because there's a lot of important things going on. So uh, with that being said, today... I'm finishing our Kingdom Culture series, and um, I'm kind of finishing this series not talking about um, our our values so much, but as I said, I want to share something today that I believe could be revolutionary when it comes to your faith. I believe that today, what we're talking about has the ability to literally change your mental health. Like, I I think this message today, what we're talking about, I think this could actually save marriages. Like, I'm talking about today what I'm calling the silver bullet 
when it comes to our walk with Jesus. Now, some of you guys may have never heard of the term silver bullet, but a silver bullet, pretty simply when you have that language, a silver bullet is just, um, it's a simple solution to a complicated problem. That's known as the, the silver bullet. All of us in life are looking for the silver bullet. It kind of reminds me of like um, a number of months back, kind of the beginning of the summer, um, I was mowing my lawn and uh, I mowed my backyard and like, uh, my lawn's looking great. Come on, somebody. <laughs> a lot of rain, a little bit of fertilizer. It's looking good. Uh, but I was, I was mowing my backyard and then um, I moved towards my front yard. And when I went to the front yard, I turned off my lawnmower and as I went to restart it, I, I couldn't get the lawnmower started again. And like I tried to push the little button. I checked to see if the gas was in there. And I was just trying all these things. I couldn't get the lawnmower to go, so I just gave up. Now, um, thankfully, my father-in-law, he came um, a couple of weeks later. He was there to visit, check up, to see what kind of a man his daughter has been living with. And <clears throat> well, he was there. Thankfully, he checked out my lawnmower and... Uh, <laughs> pretty simply, uh, it was just out of oil. And so he just, uh, he just went and he filled up the oil, and as he was filling it up again, wondering if the man that he'd left his daughter with has the capabilities to care for and protect his daughter. However, I'm kind of just joking because like, when I first met him uh, pretty well, um, my whole car actually blew up because it didn't have oil. And that was one of the first times that he met me, like my engine had literally blown up. Um, but thankfully, I may not know a whole lot about that kind of oil, but I got the oil of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. I said, I may not have my lawnmower fixed, but my spirit is full. But anyways, um, that's kind of like a silver bullet. It's a really simple solution to a complicated problem. Because like, for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do I need a new lawnmower? They're expensive. What's up? He's like, no, all you need is oil. And so I know for a lot of us today in this room, a lot of us watching online, we have many times what we consider complicated problems. We have, have, have things in our life that we are just trying to work through, whether it's issues, whether it's relational, whether it's our mental health. And I just believe today what I'm talking about is one super simple thing, one silver bullet that I think can help you in all areas of your life. It's a pretty simple solution. Now, obviously, Jesus, come on, somebody. But like outside of Jesus, this is something that can help you access and have a better relationship with Jesus. So the silver bullet I want to talk about today and kind of how I want to finish this series is I want to talk all about community. What's the silver bullet for my anxiety, for my marital issues, for my struggles to connect with Jesus? What's the issue? Pretty simple, community. Community. Now, I want to clarify when I say community, because I do not just mean any specific community, because I know you have people in your life, ladies, I know you have those people in your life where you have wine night on Wednesday night. I'm not talking about that community. Guys, I'm not talking about the men in your life that encourage you to gamble on sports. Those aren't the ones I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about your church friends. Hold on one second. The people that go to church, but they're actually the worst influence on your life. You guys know those people? Like, they're in the presence of God, but they may have never experienced the presence of God. Like, I'm not even talking about those people, because Lord knows sometimes church people are the worst influences on your life. Pray for them and pray for everyone. But what I'm talking about when I say community is pretty simple. 
I think what all of us need is a community of people that are striving to be like and in relationship with Jesus and are connected to a local church. The community that we are all striving and the community that we all need is a community that is actively engaging and pursuing a relationship with Jesus and they are connected to a local church. If I have that community, if I have those people, I promise you, life will be better. In fact, I would say it might just be what you're looking for. And it might be the reason why someone who's been in church for three months might seem like they're further along than you who have been in church for 13 years. Because I just think this is the silver bullet. Now, one of the things that I love um, is kind of when, like, because I think this whole community thing is is God's idea. But I just love, like, when science kind of backs up um, what God said a long time ago. Like, you guys probably know this, but um, COVID did a number on us in a number of ways. And one of the ways it affected us really is, is, the, is our, with our mental health. Now, I don't have, like, specific numbers, but you guys can look them up because they're there. But you guys will know, and I'm sure you've even experienced it, during COVID, during lockdowns, anxiety, depression, suicide skyrocketed. Because with isolation comes a lack of community. And so for a lot of people, when they lacked and did not have community, their mental health was extremely fragile. One other thing that we know from statistics is that divorce and separation during COVID went up. Now you're like, Harrison, like, isn't like a, a marriage kind of a community? Well, the Bible says that a married couple is actually one. So um, what that means is you are one unit, you still need community. And what we saw during COVID was that these <laughs> couples could not make it. And I'm not saying it is solely because they didn't have community, but I think there is a strong correlation. Every single one of us, we need community. Now, during COVID, it's kind of like amplified things, but even before COVID, there were studies that were done that just talked about the importance of community. There was a long study that was done at Harvard, and it was really, really interesting what they came, um, the conclusions they came to. Can I share it with you guys? Fascinating. They said this. They said, bad health habits, such as smoking, Poor eating, obesity, bad sleep, no exercise, excessive alcohol, um, but had strong social ties. Now, this is not like all one person, because that person's probably dead. That was all those things. Um, But people that had these specific things. But, it said, had strong social ties, actually lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but were isolated. Isn't that crazy? And so what they said was this, it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. Come on, you guys take anything from church today, you can write this one down. It's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than eat broccoli alone. The Harvard professor, he literally said, um, in, in a year, like if you decide to just join and plug into a community, you can actually cut your risk of dying in half. Why? Because God has created us to be in community. Now, here's what's crazy and why I call this message the silver bullet. None of this stuff had anything to do with Christian community. That's just friendships in general. 
Like, you, you, we just need people in general. And so what I was thinking, and the Bible is going to show us, if just friendships have that much of an impact on our health, how much more can our lives be changed and transformed if I am plugged in and connected with other believers who are striving after Jesus? I just believe it could literally change your life. And what I want to say today is this, because the reason I want to finish this series off like this is because I'm preparing us for where I believe God has taken us as a church. And I just believe that if we can exist together as a community that is devoted to unity, I believe that this will actually be our greatest witness to the world. I'm going to say it. And and don't worry, I'm going to show you in the Bible in a second. But us existing and living and functioning, not as a whole bunch of individuals that love church and love the music, but as a community... This will be our greatest witness to the world. And so what I want to do today is I kind of want to talk about the importance of community, how to plug into community, um, and what it takes in order for us to stay in community. It's pretty simple. Can we look at those three things today? And when we do this, um, it's going to help and I believe uh, even elongate your life, but it's certainly going to change your life for the better. Um, But most importantly, it's going to actually help us reach more people. So... Hebrews chapter 10 is kind of where I want to start. I told you we're going to be in a few places, but I want to start here. He says again, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly. That's a great word. Unswervingly. It reminds me of a car. Like you ever swerved in a car before? But unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider then how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. So I want to give you a little context. I'm not spending my whole time in Hebrews, so I'm not going to go into it. But Hebrews is an amazing book in the Bible. And the whole essence, if you want to know Hebrews in like a nutshell, the book of Hebrews is basically talking about how Jesus is better. That's basically Hebrews. Right? Jesus is better than, in context specifically, the old way. But I would argue Jesus is better than any way. He's better than your way. The way that you cope, Jesus' way is better. The way that you celebrate, his way is better. You think like you and the boys pop off? You're wrong. Jesus' way of celebration is better than anything you've ever done. His way is better. That, that's Hebrews. And so one of the ways it's talking about is in, in, in kind of, if you read the Old Testament, I'm going to give you guys a little history lesson. In the Old Testament, when it came to how you related to God, um, it was always through people. Or through things. You related to God through sacrifices. Or you related to God through the priest who, who would go and see God in your behalf. You could not actually come into the presence of God. But with Jesus, Jesus actually tore the gap. He, he tore the veil between us and God. And so literally what this is saying is that we have the assurance because of Jesus that we can actually come into the presence of God. One of the things people always said, especially because I was like 18, 19 years old, I said I was going into ministry. People were like, oh, you're becoming a priest? And I'm like, no, I'm not becoming a priest. I'm becoming a pastor. Now, I've got nothing against my priest homies, but one of the connotations of priests is that people think that they need a priest in order to come into the presence of God. You do not need a priest, and you do not need a pastor. You want to come into God's presence, newsflash, you don't need me. I'm not that important. That's a beautiful thing. I can just come to God with a sincere heart and a full assurance that he who promises faithful. All these amazing things. So what I'm saying to us today is that you, yes, you, 
crazy you, sinful you, wild you, you can still actually come into the presence of God. Why? Because of Jesus. And through him, I have access to God. And so for anyone who's ever thought to themselves, man, like, I don't know if I can come into the presence of God. Like, I think if I just come close to him, I'm going to burn up. Guess what? You will not because of Jesus. You can come into the presence of God and just say, hey, God, here I am. This is who I, who I am. Now, I want to make something clear, though, because what happens, and this is kind of where our minds go as people, because we're strong, independent men, don't need no one else. Strong, independent women don't need no one else. Um, is that we can think because, like, man, like, I can come to God myself. I can speak directly to God. Like, is this saying that I don't need anyone else? Like, I can just have my quiet time. I can have my devotions. I can come to church and sit in the back and sneak out and not talk to anyone. Is that what this is saying? Well, I think it's no coincidence that um, when it talks about holding unswervingly to the hope that we profess, he immediately begins to talk about community. And he says in verse 24, he says, let us then consider how we may spur one another towards love, towards good deeds. In other words, towards that hope, towards that hope. You see, I think this passage is beautiful in two ways. It's letting us know that we don't need anyone to come to God. But I believe in order to stay in the presence of Jesus, I actually do need people. I can get there alone, but I can't stay there alone forever. And so here's what I want us to say, the purpose of community um, among many. I just want us to say this. Community draws me closer to God. Why do I need community? Why do I need people? Because community draws me closer to God. Truth is this, we need people to anchor us. Come on, how many of us have been through a hard season? Maybe some of us are currently in a hard season. We're in a broken season. We're in a mourning season. We're in a confusing season. We're in a transitioning season. We're in like, I don't even know what's next kind of a season. Whatever the season is, and kind of if you felt like you were in any of those categories, even if I'm in a good season, a great season isn't that fun by yourself. We all need someone. I love Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Um, I've used it at weddings before, but it's actually not really a marriage verse. Um, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for the labor. If either of them falls down, they can help the other up. But look at this last part. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Pity the one that's going through something and has no one to call. I just, I just want to ask a question right now. When you're going through those times I just described, those hard times, and you don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand, those confusing times, maybe a time where you have even a question about God. Where is he? How many of us in this room have someone that we can call right away and we know that they will be there for us? And again, I'm not, I'm not asking us to, to raise our hand. I'm just asking us to think. How many of us in this room, if, if blank hits the fan, I have someone in my life that I can call and I know that they are there for me, that they love me. And even more so, here's the big caveat, and they'll be able to point me back to Jesus. Because I'll ask a second question. You don't have to raise your hand. You can if you want. But how many of us have people in our life when all that stuff happens? I can call them. I know they will be there for me, but they might not actually tell me what is best for me. You guys have those people? It's like, yeah, pretty simple, bro. Just drink it off. 
You guys got those people in your life? He says, pity the one who, who falls, but no one can help them up. This is important because some of us have, we fall and we can be surrounded by people. Some of us are so surrounded by people that we actually have no time to be alone. But we don't have anyone that can actually pick us up. We don't have anyone that can pull us out of the dumps. You see, what happens for a lot of us, because this is where we get so confused, because community in general is really good. But Christian community is that thing that can take us from, 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 from death and, and bring us into life. But what happens is we just get content just having people around us. Like, as long as I have people around me, that's all I need. But I'm here to say, you need something more. You need someone that will uplift you. You will need someone that will help you see things like you don't see them. Because we kind of live in this culture right now, especially with social media, where our life can literally become an echo chamber. Where I just surround myself with a certain amount of people that all say the same thing. For a lot of us, you have people in your life and you are drawn to them not because they are there uh, because they have good things for you. It is because they will say exactly what you want to hear. You guys have those people that will tell you exactly what you want to hear? Well, I'm here to let you know sometimes what you want to hear isn't what you need to hear. I need someone with a heavenly perspective. They can say, hey, Harrison, you're out your mind. You're, you're just wrong. I think in the last couple of years, we've, especially just with, with COVID and everything that's happened, we've had like a whole lot of um, times where it kind of feels like we need to come to a conclusion or, or make a statement or, or figure out where do I lie on a particular subject? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like for a while, it was again like COVID, like where should I lie on masks? Like what's my perspective on masks? Then it was like, well, what's my perspective on vaccines? And like currently, you guys probably know this, like especially what's happening in America with, with Roe versus Wade. It's like, well, what's my, what's my opinion? Where, where do I stand when it comes to abortion? And, and that's today's hot topic. But what I want you to know is that there's going to be more hot topics. That's today and how the news cycle rolls. People will forget about it in three weeks. There'll be another hot topic. But what happens for a lot of us is all we really have is, is a whole vast community of people around us, but we have no one speaking into us. And so what happens is we just begin to become an echo of whatever is the loudest voice around us. It's really funny, and I'm not prophetic in any way, but there are people in my life, whenever there's a particular issue, I know what they think even before they think. Because I know who's speaking into them. I know what the algorithms got them caught up in. And all they see is the same thing over and over and over and over again. And what happens is this. Sometimes the algorithm hits, sometimes it doesn't. And so we have a whole generation of people being formed to think one way without asking a very, very vital question. It's a simple, simple question on masks, vaccines, abortions, whatever is next. Not what does Jimmy from across the street think, but super simple. What does God think? Do you guys ever ask that? When there's a hot button issue before I post, before I repost, before I think? What does God think? And I'm here to tell you on whatever the subject is, if you have not asked the question, what does God think about this? I can tell you before you even think you're wrong. Before you even open your mouth, you're wrong. Because God has this way, and I love Jesus, and you read, when you read the gospel, you find it, is that whatever spectrum that you are on, especially in particular issues, when you get so caught up on a side, you're wrong. I can tell you, you're wrong. 
Because God's way does not exist in the human way of spectrums, where we must find this position and stay there and die there. God's way is always higher than my way. And so what I'm saying when it comes to community, because maybe for some of us, it's kind of hard. Like, Harrison, I don't actually know what God says on this issue. I'm kind of confused. I'm kind of in the dark. And what you need in those moments is a community of believers that are devoted to Jesus that can say, hey, quite simply, have you thought about it like this? Well, don't you remember what Jesus said in, in this? Do you guys have those people in your life? When I think one way, and then I talk to them, and all of a sudden my life's been flipped upside down? Because it's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't actually thinking with a heavenly perspective. I was thinking with a right-wing perspective. Can I just say that? I wasn't thinking with a heavenly perspective. I was thinking with my left-wing perspective. But Jesus doesn't exist on these spectrums. And so one of the reasons we have church is hopefully when we open the word of God, it anchors us to some truth. But like truth being, I don't have time to nuance every single issue we're ever going to go through. And so the importance of community is that we can go through these hard questions with people. Because there's something today, but I promise you there's going to be something tomorrow. And for so many of us, we're like a wave tossed in the ocean. Or a better example is I'm really at the mercy of whatever story looks the nicest on Instagram. Because that's what I'll believe. Because they said it fancily. Is that a word? Probably not. But it's not just with, with, with hard issues. Again, it's with hard times. And I'm so proud because I feel like in our church, for a lot of people, they've been going through hard times. And one of the things that I've seen just in our community is just how people have stepped up, how there's been meal trains, how there's been flowers and gift baskets and cards, and, and people just know, like, hey, someone is hurting right now, so as a community, let's be there for them. I, I love this thing because I know the church is functioning well when, like, tragedy happens and I don't have to do anything because there's people that are for them, that love them, that, that have already been there. Like, I made a phone call once because, like, there was a death, um, and I called someone, I was like, hey, what are we going to do? And she was like, oh, don't worry, we figured that out three days ago. And I was like, amazing, like, that's why we're here, that's what a community is. We're there for each other. And the truth is this, we need to be a community regardless of what size we are. Because the need for people doesn't end, the need to be drawn close to Jesus doesn't end. And so I need to surround myself, and why when I talk about community, they need to be plugged into a church. Because what church does is it gives us perspective, but it also broadens our horizon. Because truth being, you guys know this to be true, if I didn't have church, I would never hang out with people that weren't the exact same as me, that weren't in my age bracket, that weren't in my, my life spectrum. I, I love this thing. We have summer interns at church, um, and there's like a little bit of an age gap between I and them. I'm not that old. But even then, just being in, in community, being in a room with them, I'm surrounded by people that are a different stage of life than me. And so it gives me a new perspective because they don't think like me. And my job is to give them a perspective that they don't have. And that's what community is. When we come together, we are building each other up and hopefully drawing people closer to God. That's why community exists. And so Paul continues, or not Paul, the writer of Hebrews, who we don't know who he is. Some think he's Paul, but he's probably not. Um, Verse 24, it says, let us consider again how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, 
but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I love this because community draws me closer to God, but community also encourages me. Because the truth is, whenever I am brought into the presence of God, I will be encouraged. It's a natural byproduct. Sometimes I just need to be uplifted. But I love what he says. Because he's like, hey, let's, let's spur each other on, but we cannot give up the, the habit of meeting to, We cannot give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, a lot of times, like, people, when they read this verse, they think that he, they're just talking about church. Like, we can't stop going to church. You've got to keep coming to church. Now, coming to, to, the, to the gathering, to the assembly of, of believers is really important. I do believe that you need to be connected into a, into a local church, but the word that they use, the Greek word here, is not speaking just specifically about church. When it talks about meeting together, the Greek word is actually ambiguous, and it's multi-layered because I believe what the writer was trying to show us was that when it comes to this habit of community, it's not just about coming together once a week in a room that we need to not give up. We need to continually and constantly be meeting together all the time. So the question is this, well, Harrison, like, what does that look like? Because that sounds really good. Like, I would love friends. Like, it's Saturday and I got nothing going on. I want some friends. But like, what, what does it look like? How does this happen? Well, I can't make friends for you, unfortunately. However, we can do as a church one small thing just to encourage you in order to make that leap from being anonymous to being known. And we just say it simply like this. We say every single person at this church needs to be a part of a kingdom crew. Now, what kingdom crews are, there are small groups. So we say every single person needs to be a part of a small group. It's pretty simple. I need people that truly know me. Like me on a stage here, I, I do not and I cannot know all of you. And you guys don't know me, however open you think I am on the mic. You don't know me. I'm on a stage. You're down. So this is not what we need primarily. We don't need to be spoken at. We need people that we can speak with. And so every single person in our church needs to be part of a small group. Now, how we run Kingdom Cruise. If I was better organized, I would not preach this message in the summertime when all of our Kingdom Crews are on hiatus. <laughs> however, I told you this is a preparation series. And so I'm preparing us, and I'm giving you two months for when everything relaunches in September, you are ready, rearing, and willing to not only join a group, but some of us are going to answer the call to start a group. And say, Jesus, I just have this inclination in my spirit that there is something that you are calling me to do that there is a group you are calling me to lead. And I'm so excited because I know in this room there are leaders of groups, people watching online, leaders of groups that have not existed yet. Yeah. And you're going to lead it, and I'm super excited for that. Because every single group, the hope and the purpose is if we have more groups, there are more communities for people to get plugged into. Because here's the truth. I, I know it might hurt a little bit. It shouldn't. But um, as a church... We're not all going to be really good friends. It's impossible. Any of you guys have 100 close friends that you hang out with every single week? I just don't. I don't have the capacity to have 100 close friends. And so we're not all going to be friends with each other, but the purpose of this series is to unite us and align us, right? And so we're united and we're aligned as a church on the mission 
of who we are, where God is calling us to go, where Jesus has taken us. We're aligned on that. But when it comes to actual friendship, I can't actually be friends with everyone because I don't have the capacity to do it. But I can't be friends with everyone, but I must be friends with someone. I need people that know me. And so what we say is, hey, join a kingdom crew. I'm, I'm confident in the fall, there's going to be men's groups, there's going to be women's groups, there's going to be marriage groups, there's going to be young adult groups, youth groups, Bible study groups, so on and so forth. Guess what? Join a group because you need to be known. You need people that know your name. Listen, for me, I, I, I ran a group, but as the pastor of this church, like um, small groups are a little bit different for me because I'm the pastor. And so I just realized, even for myself, like, I need to be plugged into groups. I need to be in a community. And so um, I joined a number of months back, um, a small group. It's just pastors all over Canada. And we hop on Zoom once a month um, because we're kind of from everywhere. And we just talk and we hang out and we live together and we exist in community. And I want to tell you, it's been so life-changing. Because there are people that just literally ask you questions. How are you doing? What are you struggling with? And literally just being in this group has helped me personally. I think it's made me a better pastor. I think it's made me a better husband, a better just friend. Because there are people that I can share my life with, that understand me, that get me. And that is actually the craving of each and every one of us, our souls. And I, I, I can speak confidently that, that, that my group is amazing, that I'm a part of, but I can speak just as confidently that the groups in our church are just as amazing. Because I know our leaders personally. I know their hearts for people. They love people. And so I just want to encourage you, find a group. And so um, I, I know groups is kind of in the fall, and so that seems like a really far ways away to get plugged into community. Here, here's a, a quicker way to get plugged into community than waiting two months. Come to Growth Track today, after service. It's week one. It's week one. I promise you'll meet someone. You get plugged in, you'll find out who we are as a church, and you can begin to exist in the way that your heart actually craves. I know, like, because I, I know, listen, I've been there. I know there's people that say, no, Harrison, my, car, my heart craves to run out of here and no one sees me. No, that's just defense mechanism. Your heart actually craves to be known. We all want to be known. But I want to get um, even smaller because, like, we need to be known. Like, small groups are amazing. Let's get even smaller. Here's the second thing I want you to do. I want everyone in our church to find a mentor. Find a mentor. Now, the beauty is a lot of times, like, out of our groups is where we find our mentors. Um, but in other times, you have to just be intentional. Every single one of us needs someone. Maybe it's a couple. Maybe it's one or two people. But we need certain people that speak into our life. We need certain people that have a father's heart for us or a mother's heart for us. We just need those people that are a little bit ahead of us. They can just speak into our life. And what, what is a father's heart? It's affirmation and correction. That's what we all need. I need someone in my life that affirms me, but I also need someone in my life that corrects me. If I have no one in my life that corrects me, listen, can, can, I, can I ask you guys this? When was the last time you got a good rebuke from someone? If it hasn't been for a long time, I can tell you you've been swerving. Because none of us walk straight and narrow. All of us at some point need someone that says, hey, you have a blind spot that you did not see. And they pull us back on the path. You see, the craving of our soul is not to be known surfacely. It's just not. And so I'm talking about mentors because I know, I know even in groups, even in groups of five or six people, you can still hide. But we are great at hiding. 
in the book of Genesis, when Adam sins, him and Eve, they, they hide. This is what we do. We hide. And so some of you have been hiding your entire lives. When it's one person who will ask you hard questions, you can't hide. And so, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thankful in my life for mentors. Right? And, and my mentors look different for different needs, different circumstances. If I need vision, if I need someone to encourage me because I'm down, I don't know what's next, I talk to Pastor Brett. Because Pastor Brett just like, he, he knows what's next. He's like, Harrison, you got to think bigger. You need bigger vision. If I'm just struggling personally, if I need a spiritual rebuke, I'm going to talk to Pastor Ryan. He's one of our elders. He was here a few weeks ago. Because Ryan would just say, Harrison, and he's, he's direct. Have you ever talked to him? And that's what we need. And so you're like, Harrison, where does the mentor come from? Two things. Number one, pray. Then number two, ask someone. It's pretty simple. Pray to God. Say, God, who is it? And then ask them. It's not going to fall on your lap. It's not going to fall on your lap. I'm going to tell you this. Even for my mentors, and I have a few people, like, I have to call them. Right? And I can, if I get my feelings, like, oh, they haven't called in three months. Like, it's my fault. Like, we have to be intentional. We have to go out there. We have to do it. So it's like, Harrison, what do I look for? I'll give you four things to look for in a mentor. It's kind of my list, and hopefully it's your list. You're looking for a mentor. Number one, do they love Jesus? Some of you guys, you got a business mentor right now. If he doesn't love Jesus, he ain't your mentor. He helps you in business. Number one, do they love Jesus? Number two, do they love their family? Or the people that they surround themselves with? In other words, is their life worthy of being followed? Do they love Jesus? Do they love their family? Number three is this, do they love the church? Do they love the local church? You're like, Harrison, why do they need to love church? Because the church is the bride of Christ. And I don't want anyone speaking into my life that doesn't like my wife. And so I can't imagine that the Lord wants someone speaking into our lives that doesn't love his wife. So I need someone that is fiercely for the church to speak into my life. And then number four, and I just believe if the first three are in line, the fourth one will happen. Do they love me? Are they for me? If this person loves Jesus, loves their family, loves the church, they love me. I can ask that person, hey, can you speak into my life? Can you speak into my life? And, and this is kind of, you know, a fifth one, but I just want to encourage you. They need to be further along than you. Because if they're in the exact same circumstance, exact same season, like, there's just a perspective that only someone further along can give you. Like, if you're 18, your mentor is 18 and a half, you need a new mentor. <laughs> but Harrison, you wouldn't believe what those six months did. I remember... Um, when I was in school, there was a whole group of us, um, and we were a tight friend group, and all of us were kind of struggling, um, as young men do, to overcome temptation, battle lust, and we were really good at praying for each other, uh, confessing, being open, all that stuff. But you want to know how well it worked out in terms of actual victory? It didn't. You want to know why? Because there was a whole bunch of blind people leading the blind. Because no one was ahead of us. We were all in the same season, in the same circumstance. Listen, if you want someone to speak into your marriage, let them be married. <laughs> your single friends talking about your marriage, you can say, ah, thank you, thank you, than just anyone you're out the other. Because the people I want speaking into my life are further ahead than me. <laughs> I, got, I got to calm myself down. I'll say some things that are going <laughs> going to hurt some feelings, but thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, I need people that are further along than me. 
Um, I talked about Pastor Britt. When I planted the church, when we started planting the church, he was the first person I talked to. I didn't even know him. But you want to know why I reached out to him? Because I knew he planted a church. He started a church. I wanted someone that's further than I am. And all of us need that in our life. Christian community is that silver bullet that you are looking for. Can I just tell you this? If you feel like you're going in circles with your walk with God, if you feel like you are struggling, even theologically, because again, there's big questions. Harrison, I don't know what it looks like to follow Jesus in this day and age. The silver bullet you are looking for is community. You're looking for someone. You're looking for people. You're looking for a mentor. And so if you want a mentor today, pray and then ask someone. Simply that. Pray about it and then ask someone. And the beauty of our church and this church community is that all of us have different experiences, that we, we all have something to offer. We all got something to offer. Now, <clears throat> the last thing is this, um, because if, if Christian community is the silver bullet, um, this right here is the silver bullet for the silver bullet. We're going like Inception style here. We're going to the book of John now. John chapter 17, verse 20 says this. It says, my prayer, this is Jesus praying. He's praying to the, to the Father. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for all of those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and me, just as you are in me and I am in you. So this is known as the high priest prayer. This is the, the prayer of Jesus. And he prays to God and he's praying for all believers all time. In this moment, guess what? Jesus is praying for you. It's kind of a cool thought, right? Because usually we pray to Jesus. In this moment, he's praying for you. He's praying for me. And his prayer is pretty simple. He's saying, Father, may they be one. In other words, may the community be filled with unity. So here's the last thing, the last one I want us to write down is this. Community requires unity. Community requires unity. One of the big things that we said when we started this series, and I'm going to finish with it, I said alignment is more important than assignment. In other words, what is most important is not what we do, but are we aligned when we do it? Now, as I said, and I'll say it again, if you've missed any part of this series and Kingdom Church is your home, go watch it. Because I want us to be aligned in values. I want us to be aligned in mission. But, but here's the thing. To be aligned, especially if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, to be aligned and say, man, like, we're on mission for Jesus. That's actually the easy part. The harder part of alignment comes in interpersonal relationships. You guys following? The easy part, if we love Jesus, is to say, hey, let's all strive after Jesus. The hard part is to say, now let's do it with the person that kind of hurts your feelings. That's, you guys know what I'm saying? That's the hard part. But it's, it's no wonder that the final prayer of Jesus was a prayer for unity. He said, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. And so I want to speak to us right now, and I'm speaking to us pastorally. This is a word for the past, a word for the present, a word for the future. As you get involved into community, there are going to be points where people hurt you. Can I say it? I'm going to say it even more directly. The more involved you are with church, the deeper involved you are with church, the more people will hurt you. Did you guys hear that? The tighter 
your small group is, the more your small group will be prone to hurt you. Why? Common sense. That's why. Like, Harrison, give me more. No, it's just common sense. Because this is a truism for every aspect of life. The people that hurt me the deepest are always the one that know me best. That just happens. The people that hurt me will always be the ones I'm closest to. That's why families are always getting down each other's throats, because they're closest to me. Proximity creates conflict. That's just natural. Can we be honest? We don't care what strangers think about us. Can I just, I'm going to shout out Christiane. Where's she at? She's here somewhere. She was here. She went home. Um, but Christiane made a reel um, on Instagram, uh, like a little reel thing. Um, and it had like the most views of anything that the church ever created. 9,000 people watched it, which is crazy, right? Um, and it was just me preaching about God's grace or something like that. And um, because like so many people watched it, um, a lot of like random people commented on it. And um, it was funny because, like, uh, just reading through it, and, and Amy sent me one. Some guy had some issues. Um, but one guy that, that I saw, uh, he said, uh, just one word. Um, he said, cringe. <laughs> he said, cringe. <laughs> but you know, you want to know what's funny? I could care less. I could care less what William Patterson says. <laughs> I went to his YouTube page after. I don't know where he's from. He's like 16 years old. I could care less. I could care less. But listen, 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 listen. You guys today, the ones that know me, when I'm finished this sermon, if you guys came and said, Harrison, that was really cringe, my feelings would be hurt. Why? Because I know you. I just know you. And the thing is this, the longer you are in community with people, they're going to hurt you. If, if you, if you. if you're in a marriage right now, those who have been married long, you already know this, I don't have to tell you anything. But the one that will inevitably hurt you the most will always be your spouse. Because their words just mean more. They hurt more. And so when it comes to the context of community, as you get plugged in, as you strive towards unity, there's going to be hurt. We, we have a word for it. We call it church hurt, right? Man, like the church hurt me. The church hurt me. And like, I just want to say, number one, like for anyone that's been hurt by church people, I'm so sorry. And, and if someone misused God for an agenda, I'm so sorry. Because that's not right. That's not, that's not right. Pretty simple. End sentence. But here's the thing. I'm not surprised. We can't be surprised. Right? When, you, when you lean into community and you make that lasagna this bumping one day and someone says something, don't be surprised. It's just, it's going to happen. But, but here's the beauty. Because regardless of what happens, the reason that Jesus calls for this prayer, this call for oneness, this call for unity, Jesus only prays and calls for unity because he knows there'll be moments where we are not united. If he thought it'd be kumbaya from the year 0 AD all the way to 2022, he wouldn't have prayed it. But he knew, man, these messed up people who are going to become the church, they're going to need unity. They're going to need a prayer. And here's the beauty. 
Because there's one way and one way that can, can break down disunity super, super quick. It's the, it's the silver bullet. I got a lot of silver bullets today. It's forgiveness. It's forgiveness. You want to break down the strongholds of the devil? Forgive. You want to know the most powerful testimony you can ever have in church? Forgive the church people that hurt you. I, w- I want to share a verse. And it's kind of like a, I don't know if you're going to like this verse, but it's a good verse. Proverbs chapter 6. You've only heard what the Lord loves. Maybe you haven't heard this verse. There are six things the Lord hates. You're like, huh? Who? The Lord. Then he backtracks. Ah, actually seven. Seven that are detestable to him. Number one, haughty eyes. That's pride. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Come on. Not something that kind of makes the Lord sad. This really hurts God's feel. No. Seven things the Lord hates. A person who stirs up conflict in the community. So I'm, I'm speaking to someone right now. If you've been stirring up conflict in the community, it's time to stop. Because you're actually on the wrong side of God's battle. You're on the losing side. But I, w- I want to share something because I know some of us are going to the mind of someone else. So, yep, I know who that person is. I know the troublemaker. Listen, every time that we choose not to forgive, we are the person stirring up conflict in the community because unforgiveness is a poison that will make its way out. And one of the reasons people talk badly about a church or a community is most often when they are deeply hurt. And a lot of that hurt is valid and it is real, but it is never an excuse not to forgive. Because when we don't forgive, we will stir up conflict in the community. And we're actually on the wrong side of the Lord's battle. But the beauty is, you are never more like Jesus than when you forgive. Can I, t- can I say that again? Because yeah. a lot of us are like, I'm trying to be like Jesus. I just want to be like Jesus. You are never more like Jesus than when you forgive. Can I tell you, I've seen some great and cool forgiveness lately. It's the closest I've seen Jesus in a long time when people forgive, because it doesn't make sense. Forgiveness is irrational. But you want to you look like Jesus, you want to be like Jesus, forgive. The people in my life, when I see them forgive, that gives me the clearest picture of Jesus. And so this is what he says in John 17. He says, I in them and you in me, so that they, the church, may be brought into complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved them. Now, you guys' jaws didn't drop, so you missed it. I told you at the start that us as a community, us being united, could be the greatest way that we reach people. Some of you guys are like, I don't believe it. I think it's evangelism. I think it's a good preaching. Wrong. He says, I in them and you and me will bring them to complete unity Look what he says. He says, then the world will know that you sent me. 
Like, I thought it was, I thought it was the pastor's job to let the world know that, that, that God sent his only son. He says, no, no, no. When we are in unity, then the world will know that Jesus is real. I'm going to tell you something. It is through radical forgiveness that the world will know that Jesus is real because they're going to see our lives. They're going to understand our circumstances and say, how did you move forward? How are you in the same room with those people? She dissed your lasagna. Look at this. Our unity is our greatest witness to the outside community. Our unity is our greatest witness to the outside community. We are never more like Jesus than when we forgive. It's as simple as that. We are never more united than when we forgive. And a church that is united, nothing can stop it. And I'm preaching this message because God has taken us somewhere. We're going somewhere. I finished, I started this series, I'm gonna finish it. We're not a cruise ship here. It's a battleship. Cruise ship's all about your agenda. Battleship's about the war that's going on. Where people are losing their life. Marriages are being destroyed. People are filled with depression, filled with anxiety, sickness. They need a hope. And I just think us as a church, as a people united, man, there's things that we can do. The message of Jesus is life-changing. And when we're on the same track, nothing's gonna stop us, church. Can we stand? I would just love... Um, to just close in prayer. And um, I'm gonna pray for those of us that have been struggling to find community that we get plugged into community. Um, I got a few things I'm gonna pray for. So God, for those of us that have been struggling to find people, to find community, God, I just pray that we can just plug in. Lord, I pray today that you just urge some people, say, hey, today's that you're gonna start growth track. God, for those of us that have a group in our hearts, um, God, they just, they bring that out and say, hey, this is my idea that I have. If they've been on the fence, God, I pray that today you just continue to speak to their hearts. And Lord, I just pray for those of us that have been hurt by community, have been hurt by church people, been hurt by a mentor. God, I just pray right now in this room for a spirit of forgiveness. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If there's someone in this room that you need to forgive right now, can you just raise your hand? I want to give us a moment right now to just release. On the cross, what Jesus did is he released us from the debt that you and I had. And so the Bible says that because we are forgiven, we forgive. And so God, for those of us that need to forgive right now, God, we just release it to you. We just let it go. And God, I just pray for those of us that are just striving to stay united, Jesus, that your spirit would just be with us. God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing, what you have been doing. Um, and you're just so good to us, Jesus. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a round of applause. 
Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we would love to connect with you. Be blessed as you continue your week.